Smoking and Drinking in Space is a proud member of the Earglue Media Network. You have to finish it, lad. You have to finish it. For a man to lay beaten and yet breathing, it makes him a coward. It's humiliation. Sure. It would be humiliating. Having to lie there while the better man refuses to spill your blood. Mercy is the mark of a great man. Guess I'm just a good man. Well, I'm all right. Welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. This week, we continue our discussion of Firefly Season 1 with the ball-centric episode for Shindig and the cow-shit-centric episode, Safe. That's episode 5. With me this week is James. Say hi, James. Hi, James. And Rob. Say hi, Rob. Uh, or on, don't. Sorry. You could be such an ass. What? Oh, no. My uh, Discord just went to shit. Oh, good. I'm back. <laughs> oh Hi. God. It's going to be one of those episodes, everyone. <laughs> Apparently so. so. Uh, said, buckle in, say and hi, uh, we'll, we'll try and get through this as as uh, pain, painlessly as possible. No, you were probably right the first time. Painfully, painfully as, possible. as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How's everybody's week going? Uh, it was doing better earlier. I'm sure it was. Now my internet went to shit. <laughs> James, have you recovered from celebration yet? Uh, almost. I think maybe another day or two, another couple cigars, they'll be good to go. Yeah, me too. I think uh, I think I'm just about just about to where I was before I headed to celebration. So, what's celebration? Celebration, Star Wars celebration in Chicago last weekend. We were there, Ooh. and uh, I had a lot of fun. the The entire EGM crew was there for at least one day altogether. Um, so I have to ask, did you smoke? I did not. No, no but, but there was by no fault of his own. It was actually technically my fault. So you was, smoked all the cigars. No. So I had cigars. It was, fun, it was a funny there. story. So he and his, he and his wife were there and, oh, and you took Carrie. Cool. I did. They, they stayed at the house with us and it was awesome. And I was so tired. So he got there Friday night, uh, and and I was so tired Saturday night. They were going to leave. Uh, they they planned to leave uh, on Sunday, right? Is that might get my days right? No, you you're right. We planned to leave Sunday evening. Um, right. Our flight was originally scheduled to leave out at like seven ten, um, and then right. it got uh, it got postponed to like eight thirty or something like that, and then it got totally canceled. Right. Sweet. Was it a seven thirty seven or whatever that? Shit. No, no, it, actually, it, no? there was a blizzard in Chicago. Yeah. Oh. It snowed four inches. Nice. Like, no joke. Hey, guess April. what? It was 80 degrees down here. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah thanks <laughs> for that. So anyway, so they, they, they had spent an extra night, uh, and they were, they were, they were going to stay at the house that night with us, and so, you know, everybody's having a good time, but it's, it's, I'm so tired at this point. Like, it's close to the end of the trip. I'm so tired. And, you know, for them, it's like a, it's like an extra day of fun, right? Like, I don't have to be at work. I don't have to do this. We're going to be here. We're going to, 
and I'm so tired. I just want to go to bed. Like I'm, I'm packing everything. I'm just completely exhausted. Everyone's exhausted. Um, that night didn't go the way that it should have gone. And that's all I'll say about that night. Uh, so regardless, you know, his wife's like, Hey, smoke a cigar with him. He really wants to smoke a cigar. And I'm like, I just want to go to bed. Yep. Yeah. It's all, it's all I want to do is go to bed. I'm so sorry. I want to go to bed. And she kept going. This is your last chance to smoke a cigar with Jason. You need to smoke a cigar. And I felt terrible, but I also felt very tired. But he didn't feel terrible enough to postpone him going to bed. No, I did not. I was, I was so tired. The tiredness had had pretty much overcome everything. So yeah. I went to sleep. I think everybody was exhausted by that point. Um, I was, I was even pretty exhausted. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't make it back until Tuesday. The the first flight Holy that they could get, get us back on was Tuesday morning. So nice. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it was insane. So thanks for asking. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Well, well I, so, I was just curious. You know, there was peer pressure involved the last time we spoke. So <laughs> there was. There was. And then I couldn't even follow through with the peer pressure. Yeah. That's yeah, true. Yeah. That's true. Story of his, Jason's life. Yeah, no follow through. So um, I did want to bring up that we have a listener of the show. Um, just one? Should we apologize yeah. now? Yes. Or? I think so. I think we should probably okay. go ahead and apologize. At least I think they listen. Um, so we, we, got a, we got a favorable review on iTunes from uh, somebody who actually frequents the Discord server. Uh, Utini Utini left us a very nice review, which makes me wonder if he actually does listen to the show or not. Um, but, uh, he left us a very nice review on iTunes saying this podcast takes a fun and critical look at sci-fi movies and such. The production level is really good and the pod crawls are always an instant classic. Again, I'm wondering if he actually listens to the show, but we really do appreciate your review, Tini, And, uh, thanks for listening to the show. If in fact you do. No, he does. I I met him. I met him at celebration. Yeah, I did. Good guy. Good, good dude. Good dude. I bet you he felt obligated to leave a review since you like <laughs> saw him. No, no, he actually I, left the hey, review before we met him. So I want to. I want. I want someone to leave a review about a quabble. Oh, yes. God damn it! <laughs> oh, I hate you well, both. Uh, anyways, um, so one of the shows on the Earglue Media Network, The Basement, has uh, released. A new episode, episode 0006, part 7, called The Game Wizards. Um, definitely check this out. I listened to it this uh, on my way to Chicago uh, this past week. It's a really good episode. Albert on the episode uh, has a, a special guest host, uh, Neil Robison, which uh, he's actually got uh, some history with, the, uh, with, with Sega and the Dreamcast. So... It's a really good episode. They discuss uh, pen and paper RPGs, um, games like GURPS, Champions, Car Wars, Rollmaster. Uh, they go over the D&D uh, module, Tomb of Horrors, and then they talk about Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. So uh, if you like Ready Player One or you like 80s nostalgic um, pop culture, definitely give the, the basement a, a listen. Uh, it's good stuff. And that was a really entertaining and, and educational uh, episode. I, I enjoyed that a lot. So why is it preceded with so many zeros? Uh, I think they're anticipating a lot of episodes. Oh, okay. I mean, they're, I believe they're, Albert is slated to finish uh, the book somewhere around 2045, 2046. Yeah, somewhere around there. 
the book. Yeah, the he, book, it's a Ready companion Player podcast one. to Ready Player One. Yep. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Thanks for listening, by the way, to all of our EGM podcasts. Uh, yes. You are welcome, sir. Uh, Rob is the worst. I am. Just the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I only listen to the ones that I'm on because, you know, I'm narcissistic like that. Jeez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Who's got news? Uh, Discovery, Star Trek Discovery aired its uh, series finale or season finale, not series finale, although I think Jason wishes it was the series finale, the season finale this week. And it was phenomenal. There is my official review of season two of Discovery. Yes, despite all of the social justice worry bullshit that you've got to get through, it was still really, really good. Uh, all Again, the nostalgia I wonder feels, if you've actually seen the episode or or this the show because you're giving what? awfully glowing reviews for having supposedly watched that series. I love that series. Uh, I didn't like the first season. The second season started kind of slow, uh, and, and I thought it was going to go in a direction, and it didn't go in that direction. So it surprised me. So I like to be surprised when it comes to TV, and they certainly did that. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here because it kind of left itself on a cliffhanger. But uh, all the nostalgia feels were there. The Enterprise, uh, Anson Mount did a fantastic job of portraying Christopher Pike. Uh, and uh, I know that a lot of fans are clamoring for a Christopher Pike spinoff series now starring Anson Mount. So congratulations to him uh, and to everyone on Discovery Second Season. It was Pretty friggin' good. Yeah. Okay. What else you got? You know, I don't. I don't know why you have to poo-poo Star Trek Discovery because it sucks. No, it does. No, it's not. Have you it watched any of it? Yeah. Who, oh, okay. How how many episodes have you watched? I watched the first episode. Okay. <laughs> the first episode. <laughs> I watched the first one. It was terrible. I it watched was so five bad. minutes. I can't watch any more. The quabbles it, are too much. Just, it burned my eyes. The, <laughs> do I need more a, than one episode to, to see if a show just really sucks? Yeah, episode yeah. 10 was the best. Oh, so I got I to gotta suffer through you nine gotta, shitty episodes yes, exactly. to find a good episode. <laughs> exactly. No, thanks. I've got better things to do with my time. I think I'm wow. washing my hair that day. Oh, are you? Are you? you know you're what? Both, I think just, you're both terrible. You're both hey, terrible, awful people. I watched all of it. What are you talking about? I just I haven't watched season two yet, but I've watched season one. Oh my god! Season two is much better than season yeah, one. Yeah, I see. I wait until it finishes, and then I like binge, binge watch, watch it. it. So, yeah, yeah. So I don't have to, you know, waste like three months of subscription. I can waste like one. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't disagree. That's a good. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a good strategy. You should it definitely uh, binge watch this because it's like I said, it's it's probably ten times better than the first season. I really like the direction they took it. Uh, Section 31 played a huge role. And for those cool. of you Star Trek nerds out there, you know what Section 31 is. And it's a little bit of awesome. So That's cool. Next. So I got two. You got two? Yes. All right. Yeah. What's so, your first one? So my first one is uh, just kind of a recap of our last episode. Uh, since we're no longer in the future... Um, I have actually seen Shazam. Um, <laughs> okay. I th- I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Chuck did a good job. All right. No spoilers. But nope. That's it, all I'm going to say. Chuck did a good job. Um, Compared to other DC titles, how was it? 
Ooh, okay, so I would have to say Wonder Woman is still my favorite. Um, and then it's kind of a toss-up between Aquaman and Shazam. Just be due to the, it depends on if you want more. Uh, Shazam's more comedy related. Uh, you, That's you not know, really like, a high bar. I know, right? Okay. But it's when you're trying to figure out, you know, the best DC movie anyway, it's a low bar. I mean, well, I think Wonder Woman, I think you're spot well, on yes, with Wonder yeah, Woman. Yeah. I well, think yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. Gr- fantastic movie. Uh, it's going to be hard to to get past Wonder Woman. I, yeah, I, I don't think, think I, I don't think DC will ever get past at I, least in, in, anytime soon where Wonder Woman's at. That doesn't I'm, even rate as a DC movie. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm intrigued though. I'm intrigued to see what Gunn does with uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah, I don't Suicide care. Squad. Yeah, I don't yeah. care. I don't care. Okay. It's like a reboot, but it's it's like a half-ass reboot. Like they have yeah. bringing back some of the, like just bring back Margot Robbie and I'll be fine. Yeah. The rest yeah. of them I could I could give two drops of monkey piss about. But so you're saying that Shazam is about as good as Aquaman because I haven't watched Aquaman yet. I've got it. I haven't watched um, it. Yeah, so so if you're if Shazam's more on the lighthearted comedy type side, uh with some action in there. Aquaman's more action with a little bit of comedy one. I was gonna say type so is stuff. it Right. Is the best part of the Aquaman movie is when he says we could have just peed on it? Because if that's the best part of the movie, I may just take a hard pass and be like, yeah, I own it. And I wish I didn't. Nah. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, there's some pretty good stuff in Aquaman. I thought I thought Aquaman was pretty good. Um, well, like, give it I a liked, rating. Like, like oh, so uh, let's just pretend that 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 Wonder Woman's a 10. What is what So is give it a rating between Star Trek Discovery and Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible rating system. But it sure, is. go ahead. Uh so if if uh Wonder Woman was a 10, I would say uh Aquaman would probably be about a seven. Shazam I'd give probably seven and a half to an eight. Right. I'm more of a I'm more of a comedy kind of guy anyway. I I I I love movies that don't take themselves seriously on purpose. Okay. Um you know, like Zombieland. That that was just that was uh, a great movie. That's awesome. That's a good you know, movie. because yeah. they they just didn't care, and they knew they didn't care. You know, so uh, I liked Shazam. Um, I liked where it went. So it's a good if you got kids, they'll enjoy it. Okay. Well, if that, don't that makes kids, me want to go enjoy see it. it more in the theater. So I, yeah, I may it is. Catch it's that. pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, so my other my other. Uh, uh, news is um, they are projecting Dark Phoenix to suck big giant monkey balls. <laughs> okay. Um, right now it is on track to open uh, with somewhere in the range of 45 to $55 million on their opening weekend, uh, which would make it the lowest opening for any X-Men related movie. Uh, and that even includes the very first movie in the 2000s, which took in $54 million back when, you know, superhero movies weren't a thing, you know. So, so the very first uh, X-Men movie took in $54 million, uh, opening weekend. They're expecting Dark Phoenix to do worse than that. I don't want to talk about this movie. It's, it's ridiculous. I've already had it out with Jason, and I'll, yeah. I don't want to rehash this. Yeah, yeah. They've already but, screwed this storyline up once. A new movie's yeah. not going to save it. No, I don't think so. Uh, and one thing that they're saying is to make matters worse, the rumor is that their budget is two hundred million. Ooh, yeah. Uh, so this thing's going to take a big old shot to the nuts. Well, I don't know. I mean, they've they've predicted movies opening 
at you know really low box office before like and yeah and Deadpool and they they hit it out of the park so i'm going to reserve judgment on on you know trying to predict what the box office is going to be i'm going to yeah. watch it just because i want to see the end of the x-men series i've i've invested enough yeah. time in it so far to watch all the movies up to this point I'm gonna go ahead and finish it out. I mean, it may suck. I wasn't. I wasn't a huge fan of Apocalypse. No. I don't think I disliked it as much as most people. But yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and watch this one. Well, buy your tickets for June seventh, maybe, unless they push it back again. Yeah, I, I, you know, probably won't catch it opening weekend. <laughs> yeah. Maybe anyway, the so next th- week when it hits Netflix. <laughs> next week. You're giving it that long? Damn. Maybe, yeah. I was, I was thinking like in two weeks. All right, you got anything else? Nope, that's it. All right. Well, I have Do something have anything? that is uh, fairly interesting and kind of scary. So some uh, Yale scientists have zombified a pig brain. Okay. They... Uh, they have this neat little compound called BrainX. It's actually called BrainX. Um, they pumped through a, a pig brain and uh, basically, you know, circulated this this formula through, and it actually revitalized some of the brain tissue. It, it flushed out uh, the waste, um, kind of restored some of the functions to the the, the brain matter to some of the brain cells. And some of the neurons were actually able to uh, start carrying electrical current. Um, so they, they actually revitalized some of the brain function in a four-hour-old dead pig brain. Are we living in a video game? Uh, it's getting closer and closer to that, yeah. We're all going to die. <laughs> if it's not AI, <laughs> it's going to be pig brains. <laughs> Zombie pigs. That's exactly what it's going to be. Yeah, but I mean, what? They're going to roll around in the mud? Dude, you, pigs will tear you right. up, man. Only <laughs> if you mess with them. No, what, they're zombie pigs. Yeah, they want, they're zombie you know Have you never oh, seen a zombie true. movie? They're, yeah, come that's on, true. man. They would want brains, right? Well, I have so, okay, many. so zombies, zombies go after other humans. So would zombie pigs go after other pigs? No. And what you brain? really? I have so many quabbles with this. I know. <laughs> all right, moving on. All of the Jason uh, has no quabbles though. <laughs> all of these links will be up on our show notes as as per usual. So please check those out. Who's ready for a pod crawl? Oh, let's do this. Please. We can call it. I don't know. Say a pod. The pod crawl, pod crawl, pod crawl, pod crawl, excellent, insert it deep, pod crawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information. On Shindig, Mal and company are at a roadhouse slash fertility clinic where the management isn't responsible for ball failure. Mal, never wanting to leave a bar intact, robs his slaver pool opponents and a brawl ensues. Later, the Serenity and her crew ready to land on Persephone to look for another jerk. Mal learns that Inara has a hot date with a rich guy who's taking her to a fancy ball. After landing, the crew go outlet mall shopping where Kaylee finds a puffy pink dress full of ruffles but Mal sticks both feet in his mouth and everyone but Jane ditches him. Badger, seeing Mal lonely, invites him back to his place by gunpoint. 
Jane sips methanol tea and Badger tells Mal a tale of diamonds as big as his balls and where he can find them. Inara and her date arrive at the gala and shortly after Kaylee, dressed in the outfit she so coveted, arrives with a cleaned-up Mal in tow to rub elbows with upper-class high society. Mal quickly establishes he's God's gift to ballroom notoriety as he finds his next jerk and then punches Inara's date in an attempt to protect her honor. Mal finds he's actually made a challenge to douchebag Von Arrogance and is held as a prisoner guest overnight to make sure he doesn't try to run from the duel. Inara, big ball in hand, sneaks into Mal's room and gives him some pointers on how to fight with a sword. Mal proceeds to yet again insult Inara and she leaves him to his futile sword practice. The next day, douchebag and Mal square off, rapiers in hand, and commence to crossing swords. They bounce to the left and to the right, and Mal scores the first cut, but douchebag is just playing around and soon responds with a cut of his own. Douchebag tricks Mal into charging him where he gravely wounds Mal and later disarms him and snaps the blade from his sword. Inara distracts Douchebag long enough before he delivers the fatal blow that Mal gains the upper hand by throwing the blade of his sword into Douchebag's chest and bests him with his own weapon proving that he's got the biggest balls of them all. Shortly after, <laughs> Mal secures the transport job, Mal and Inara have a heart-to-heart -heart in the cargo hold and roll rustling cattle credits. On safe, Simon, Jane, Shepard and Kaylee are gambling with their chores as River looks for a snack. Getting fed up with the labels on the cans, the voices in her head tell her to rip them all off and then freak out. Simon steps away from the game to calm River down and Jane takes the opportunity of the distraction to steal Shepard's winnings. Later, the Serenity lands on an outer planet to offload the cattle they have been hauling for a month. While the Serenity Trinity stay behind with the cows and Shepard to make the deal, Inara, Kaylee, Simon and River head to town to shop. While there, Kaylee teaches Simon about fence building and Simon teaches Kaylee about foot eating. Kaylee, seeing some of the gleam rub off of her crush on Simon, dresses him down and leaves just as Simon realizes he's lost River, again. Meanwhile, the cattle trade has gone pear-shaped when the local law try and arrest the buyers for murder and they open fire on everyone. After the bullets have flown it's discovered that Shepard has taken a slug to the chest. Wash goes into town to find Simon as Jane and Zoe take Shepard to the ship. Wash, coming back empty-handed, suspects that Simon was kidnapped in town and Mal decides to take Shepard off-planet to find medical assistance. Feeling the rush of surviving a gunfight, Mal decides to tempt fate again by taking Shepard to an Alliance cruiser, where they identify Shepard and give him five-star accommodations much to everyone's surprise. Back on planet, Simon is treating the sick and River is reading minds which spooks the hillbillies that captured them. They forego testing River to see if she's made of wood and go instantly to the witch-burning phase. Simon, trying to rationalize with irrational people, realizes his mistake and joins River in anticipation of their final barbecue. The Serenity zooms over the horizon and centers itself over the shitfuffle where Jane points a big gun at the crowd while Mal and Zoe rescue Just the siblings' Tam. Jane hastily dumps all of Simon's belongings that he stole back in Simon's room, Simon and Mal come to an understanding and roll everyone enjoying a big steak dinner credits. <laughs> nice. Well done. And he still didn't get his ear. He no did not get his ear. Well, uh, so we're, we're into four and five. And I think that the series is really picking up steam. I think uh, with these two episodes alone, they have really shaped the characters and the narrative and moved it forward quite a bit. What do you guys think? Yes, if you're <laughs> watching it in terms of the DVD. If you're watching it back when it was on TV, this made absolutely Oh, no yeah, sense you'd be absolutely fucking towards, lost. Yeah. Uh, these weren't even back-to-back -back episodes when they aired, I believe. Yeah. Um, I think they were split apart, which is really weird because they got cows and then they didn't. 
Right. Yeah. You would, I mean, yeah. if, if they were split apart, especially if they showed like what, uh, if they showed safe before Shindig. Uh, they did show Shindig before safe, but I think there was an episode in between the two. So it was like, I, I can only guess that the next episode, you know, they're showing the cargo hold with no cows in it. And then, and then suddenly they, cows are back there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I, it boggles the mind how Fox fucked up this series by showing all the episodes out of order and then throwing it into some kind of scheduling snafu because it was never on at the same time from week after week. If we had a dollar for every TV show that Fox fucked up, we'd all be rich. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. No, but I agree with your assessment. I think both of these episodes really pushed the narrative uh, they they start to flesh out some of these characters, uh, especially uh, when you think about uh, uh, River and what some of her abilities are and just how the Alliance really messed with her brain. Like this really starts to show some of the potential that, that she brings to the story. Yeah, she goes all cockney and nobody knows why. And, and it's like, what the hell? Yeah, her ability. And then she walks off. Yeah, her ability to, to read people. And even to mimic their, you know, their accents and, uh, I guess, nationality and, and regional dialect is uncanny. And it, and it just goes to show uh, the vast intelligence that she has. And we haven't even gotten to her combat skills yet. I don't even think you see those until no. later in the series or even in the movie. Um, she is, yeah. she is just yeah. masterful not, at hand-to-hand -hand combat. It goes beyond just being able to read people and mimic their their accents. I mean, she knows what happens to that girl and, and why the right. girl is mute. She she knows that the leader of this uh, religious uh, zealot hillbilly group of inbreds uh, killed the former leader. Like, so she well, she's, she's seen she's these witch. things. She's, well, yeah, she's, she's they're, they're definitely showing that she's got some sort of extrasensory perception. She can she can either right. read minds or, um, yeah, she's, she's got some way to see inside people's heads. She can see inside me all day long. Oh, my God. I don't, don't, I don't want to go there. She Nobody wants to see there. inside you, Rob. That's not what you said. I don't know. Zombie pigs might, but for <laughs> yeah. a totally different reason. Um. It it definitely shows a lot of uh, of Mal's character. Um, this guy is a conundrum. So he's he's a rogue through and through, but he's very loyal to his crew, even if he doesn't like them. Um, so he has no love for Simon. Can't hardly stand being in the same room as the guy, but actually went back for him and and saved him and River's life just because he. Felt that They're he had a responsibility to them as part of his crew. Yeah. Well, I think that goes to, I mean, we've talked about this before, how Mal, you know, lost his faith and whatnot. But, I mean, at, at his core, he has a set of rules that he lives by. Even if it's not the same set of rules that polite society lives by. Yeah. And he's not going to change those rules. He won't bend. He won't break. He won't make exception. So he might think about it for a minute. Like, am I really going to go 
get these two fugitives and make my life and the life of my crew harder just because they're part of my crew or, or am I going to do what's right and go get them because they're part of my crew? And so he follows that, he follows that internal moral compass that he has no matter what. And it guides every decision that he does throughout the show, including, you know, saving, trying to fight for the honor, trying to, you know, uh, yeah, only only he can call Anara a whore. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just the relationship they have. Right. I don't yeah. understand why that's a problem. I I I don't have a problem with it at all. This is making sure. Yeah, she so the, is what she is. So the dynamic between Anara and Mal is is starting to flesh out too. And and you see a lot of that. And he even makes the point, you know, I I, you know, make fun of your profession, but I would never insult you. Right. There's a, he, he, he distinguishes between what she does and who she is. Right. 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 Where everybody, and and I can see that to a point where, but I mean, it's, it's semantics and it's semantics in his head. I mean, but a lot of people, there's a line. uh, Well, I guess, but a lot of people identify with what they do. Like that's a big part of their identity. So, and this is definitely a big part of her identity, what she does, what she, I mean, Mal's even said that what she does has an, it gives them an in on planets, right? Because every planet's looking for a great companion. They want that, right? Right. So it gets them in, yet he's always tearing her what she does down. But in essence, he's still tearing her down with it. He may not see it that way. And in his mind, he's playing the semantics game. But it's okay for him to do it. It's not okay for anybody else to do it, which is why she's so so shocked by it. Like, why would you do this? You do it more than anybody else. And so do you think Mal, as rigid as he is, will ever, you know, be malleable enough to realize that? pun. That was so punny. What? You said Mal is malleable. Yeah, the pun was not intended. Oh, whatever. You had been trying to put that in all episode. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's in your... I see it in your show notes here. Use malleable somewhere. <laughs> God, you're such a dipshit. <laughs> hey, shut up. I don't have uh, any quabble with you. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know if he ever will. I mean, when you go back to the, the first episode, uh, Serenity, I don't, I mean, he was pretty hardline then, but he was hardline like, faith, right? Like, we all stick together. We're all in this together. I'm not leaving anybody behind. I'm going to save everybody. We're going to do what it takes, right? He was still very hardline, very, he wasn't going to bend. Yeah. Which is why they held the Valley of Serenity for however long they did until they were told to stand down because we ain't coming. Yeah. And so that that's my question. Is he, is, he, is, is he able to grow as a character and realize what he's saying to Inara? is actually insulting her as a person and not just her profession or um, is, is this kind of a, a tragic love story? Are there, are they never going to be able to um, come together because of that gulf between them because of his distaste for her profession? I well, think you, we, do you want get, the answer or I think, I think the wait? answer is yes. And you'll see it in season two. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I think we all, I mean, if you've watched the movie and you've watched the TV show, you know the answer right. to this because, yeah. 
I don't want to give it no away. Sp- spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. Right. Rob hasn't seen it yet. I so haven't I don't seen wanna... any of this. This is like fresh to my eyes. Yeah. So Shindig was definitely a Mal and Inara uh, centric episode, but it did have some Zoe and Kaylee thrown in. And I really liked what they did with Zoe. They're, they're starting to flesh out her character. She's starting to act like an XO. She's starting to see the crew as, as um, somebody that she's supposed to be looking after. And when Mal insults uh, Kaylee, like he does whenever she's looking at the dress, uh, she, she kind of dresses him down for that and says, you know, you're a dipshit. Uh, we're going to just leave you to be a dipshit by yourself. Well, and Jane, because he's always a dipshit, but. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, that's kind of it, isn't it? So Mal, for as much as he doesn't like Simon, I feel like he and Simon are more alike than he and Jane. Yet he and Jane are a lot alike. Yeah, like they get they, along and they get along so well, but they get along so well because they know where they stand with one another. Right. Yeah. It's not I, think, it's I don't think anybody's like Jane. No. They they just know Jane he knows that given half a chance, Jane will kill him and take over. And Jane knows that Mal knows that. And so they're free to be who they are around each other. And I, they kind of they enjoy fighting. I think they both enjoy the fight. I think they both enjoy getting paid. I think they both enjoy what they do. And so they have those kinds of things in common. But as far as moral compasses go and, like, what guides you as a person, uh, Jane just wants an ear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think they both have a grudging respect for one another. But, yeah, I, I think Jane, given the opportunity, would definitely st- stab Mal in the back. I don't think he's got, I don't think he's got any honor that's, that's keeping him from doing that. No. So I thought it was kind of interesting that uh, we have another bar fight in the opening credits, just like we did in the train job. Oh, I th- it's like a common theme. Yeah, I think that's going to be bar, a running theme. There's going to be a fight. Yes. Well, I think it goes more to the trope of Westerns, yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a Western staple, uh, bar fights. Yeah. And I'm sure that we're going to see plenty more of this as as the series moves on. Just like yeah. rustling cattle, it's a Rustling. it's a Western trope. So I don't you're gonna, I think we're going to see a lot of these kinds of uh, allusions back to old westerns and and that kind of thing because that's what that's what the show is, right? Half sci fi, half western. Yeah. So with a little bit of Elizabethan times thrown in there with the fancy uh, ball. I, well, yeah, but I guess I can kind of. It's just the elite being the elite. So how yeah. do you? Yeah, how do you best get that across to the audience? That's still period By appropriate too. I mean, they were they were yeah, having it, gala I mean, they balls, had balls like this, like that. Oh yeah, okay. During the during the mid eighteen hundreds, yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, but it was okay. more East Coast and and European. They didn't do that right. much in the West. Yeah, it could, well, uh, you normally see in westerns and things like that. It's a it's a shindig or a hoedown, you know. It's well, it's, sure, but that's what the that's what the common people were doing. That's not what them the common folk. That's true. Right. That's true. The elite yeah. weren't having hoedowns. I was, I was waiting to see somebody in a powdered wig. I mean, that's, <laughs> well, I think that's a that's a little earlier than this time. But, yeah, that's yeah. yeah that's, but that's I mean, different. that's pretty much what I was expecting. You know, uh, you but know, it, everybody it, it, getting it, announced and and oh, speaking of announced, did you know that there? Did you guys notice the um, uh, continuity problem or uh, uh, well, what what would it be a glitch? No, that's not the word I'm looking for. 
Well, just explain what you're trying to say. Anyway, anyway, so uh, it was, uh, you know, they announce everybody. You know, everybody comes up to the uh, to the dude at the podium, and the dude at the podium announces you into the ballroom, right? Mm-hmm. They announce Ka- uh, Kaylee, and she hasn't even come through the door up at the top of the steps. Oh, right, right. You know, so there was that... that uh, uh, well, they just wanted to make the. I think Josh was I looking know. to make the visual yeah. uh, I, statement with that stupid freaking dress. Hey, <laughs> hey. You didn't like the dress? No. Don't bash the ruffles. I did like the old guy that came to Kaylee's defense when yes. all oh, yeah, of that the was rich funny. girls were. That was awesome. Yes. Yeah. It must have taken that your was, servants two days to get you in that dress, but it takes slaves. barely a wink. From a yeah. from a your guy to get you out me. of it. Yeah, yeah, your dad tells me it takes barely a wink. Like that's that's even better because yes. now even your dad knows you're a whore. Yep. Uh, and I loved how she like basically attracted all the dudes in the ball talking about engines yeah, and yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's it's she's eating off ship. of a plate talking uh, talking uh, tech to all the guys eating her strawberries and talking about engines. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. The dress was terrible. Uh, Although they did in the episode, I mean, the episode ended with her looking at the stupid dress. Ah, uh, she's got that hung up, looking nice and pretty. Well, I mean, but stupid I mean dress. that that fits perfectly with her character. She's she's definitely wants to be. She wants to be girl. Yeah, she wants to be girl. Yeah. She wants to be more feminine. She doesn't but have that not. opportunity very often, but, and that's right. why yeah. I think she uh, she attaches herself to Anara uh-huh. so much because Anara is you know, the embodiment of feminism well, or femininity, I, I should it, say. Yeah, not, is it, femininity. not feminism, yeah. Is it really that that she wants to be more feminine? I think she wants to be seen as more feminine. She wants to yeah, be seen she, as being attractive, which you kind of see in the yeah. next episode. And probably more sophisticated. I think she gets self-conscious yeah. sometimes. Um, yeah. yeah, you definitely see that in Safe, the whole... Uh, yeah, she wants nope. to be. Yeah, she wants to be noticed. Yeah. She wants to be found attractive. She yeah. wants to, and so I, the dress I see, I, I can see that as the embodiment of that. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's very frilly, it's very girly, it's very uh, pink. Yeah, I, I, and so I get that to a point, but at the same time, I don't know. I it it feels like such a weird thing for her character because she's more to me. I see her as more backwoods like you just have to do what you have to do to survive which is why how she's you know acquired this talent with machines and she's trying to be a part of this world that she'll never be a part of the this this elite um woman of the world like anara not so much a whore like anara just Go places, see things, have the ability yeah. to to Do to interact, yeah, to interact yeah. with 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 that part of the society. The fight scene out on the uh, grassy lawn that they had was actually done near um, a Disney facility, and they had to frame the shot just right to. Uh, keep out Not the, see the castle. <laughs> no, it was the um, oh, what is that bear jamboree thing? Uh, something bear jamboree barn is what they had to frame out of that. <laughs> well, wouldn't a, a barn 
go with the motif? I, probably not. Not pro- probably not these bears. Yeah, probably no, not. No, yeah. I don't think that's going to go with the motif. But I, I, I really liked the duel. I thought rapiers were a fine choice, although at this time it probably would have been like pistols. Um, although rapiers and swords, well, not not specifically rapiers at that time. They had uh, small swords, but um, I'm trying to remember when what, the, when duels went out of style because even never even in the 17 or 1800s, it wasn't swords. It was pistols. It was duel by pistol. Well, they they did swords too, but uh, dueling fell out of style and was outlawed in most places towards the end of the 1800s. Uh, some in the early 1900s, but yeah, it was mostly pistols, but they, you, you still had some duels with small swords and most of the duels at that point weren't lethal. It was basically you were, you were looking for first blood. So I, 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 I did you guys like duels? No, let's don't. Did you guys like the scene? Duels. I don't, I'm not sure I cared for the scene very much. Oh, I love the scene. Eh. Really? Oh yeah. I first of all, I'm it, a I'm a sucker for rapiers. I think they're a beautiful sword, and so anytime you get to see a rapier, it's it. I like it. Um, but I thought it it showed kind of the resourcefulness of Mal. Uh, I thought it showed uh, you know how much Anara cares for Mal that she would distract this dude long enough for Mal I don't to think get the she upper meant hand to distract him for that. I thought that was. I thought that was real. I thought, was, I thought it was I thought genuine. Was, yeah. I thought it was she knew he was about to die, that this guy wasn't going to back well, that, down. He yeah. wasn't going to show mercy. I mean, mercy. that makes my and point it, even more then. Um, and it, and I it think showed that's that, Mal, Mal it, the, the resourcefulness of, ooh, let's take a, advantage of the opening. That And yes. it also shows how lucky he typically is. Yeah. And it shows what a dick he is towards the end where he said <laughs> a very good person shows mercy and then he pokes poke. him and he goes, well, I'm just an okay person. And then poke, he pokes poke. him and he says, eh, I'm all right. <laughs> I thought that was great. Yeah. The, hey, the fancy highfalutin dude thought it was good and got his cattle in the process. Yeah. So, you know. No, he's a lord. The sash. Oh, that's right. Lordship. The lord. Highfalutin lord. Sorry, my lord. My sash. I need a sash right now. I need a sash. I thought you wanted an ear. I'd rather take, I'd have a sash at this point. Give me the sash. How about a sash of ears? Done. Gross. Awesome. That is so gross. Yeah. Let's make it happen. You two are going to get the Reaver of the Year award is what you're going to get. The Reaver of the Year. Are we having a Reaver of the uh, Year award? We might now. At the end of this. And it's, you two are in the running. So. Perfect. Sweet. It's it's Rob in the the lead for suggesting a sash of ears right now. So you've got some work to do, James. Well, I just wanted the sash. He took it to the next level, and I enjoy it. So exactly, yes. Now wait, would it be anyways? um, And then the very fresh wine at the end with Mal and Anara having another heart to heart um, was a was a nice bookend to the uh, to the very ball centric (laughs) ball centric episode. There were so many different types of balls. In this episode, hey. I think I think that was a bet for the writer of this episode. <laughs> How many different ball references can you put in a single episode? Well, they even they even made a reference without actually saying balls because Jane said they needed a diversion, 
and Zoe should get naked, and everybody said no, so he said I could get naked. <laughs> right. Therefore, right. <laughs> flashing his balls. Yes. Well, and they had the ball reference with Anara and that huge ball in her hand that she unlocked. That the was door a with. doorknob. It was not a doorknob. That was a ball. That electronic. That was a doorknob. doorknob. Well, it was a ball like a doorknob. It was a. It was a ball that doubled as a doorknob. So it was a ball. Why are we arguing about this? You put it on the door and you turn it. It makes it a doorknob. Did I say something different? It's a doorknob. It's just a futuristic, it's a detachable doorknob. In the shape of a ball. But it's still a doorknob. Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Doorknob. Doorknob. You're both doorknobs. (laughs) Well, that's neither here nor there, sir. Oh, God. So, are we we talking about the centric episode five now? Yes. Okay. (laughs) So, this was was a very Simon and River centric episode. Um, Which I think it really needed, didn't it? Didn't the series kind of need it at this point? Even if they were following following the the, the, the order of episodes that they were supposed to follow instead of Fox is fucked up or let's mix things around. Even if it's following it, if they didn't have a River. And Simon episode at this point, I I would have lost interest. Yeah, because you're wondering who are these, you know, people that are just kind of tagging along with this ship's crew that we really don't know anything about. I mean, yeah. River is freaking the fuck out half the time. And Simon is just there to kind of, you know, patch people up and keep her in, in tow. What are they contributing to the story? And I think this episode really shows what they're contributing to the story and, and gives a really, really detailed and uh, tight backstory to to their personalities, their characters, and their interaction between one another. Yeah, I think it also shows just how, because up to this point, you're not really seeing a whole lot of River being crazy River. Like there's flashes of it, but it's not like a constant reminder in every episode that River's like batshit crazy. And so this shows, this episode shows, especially at the beginning, that Mal's just had enough. Like, get her under control. I don't care how you get her under control. Get her under control. And then when she's out and about, he's like, just take her for a walk, dude. Just take a walk. I don't care where you go. Just go. Yeah, you get more references to her being kind of nuts than you actually get to see up to this episode. Yeah. Which... But then... I would have rather seen it, I think, than have it be alluded to. But I think Philion does a pretty good job of playing the annoyed captain. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I think you also, then you do get to see those those moments of clarity with her and and just how smart and talented she is, uh, you, you know, because she's just, you know, she's talking to the, you know, she's talking to the cows. That in itself is crazy. Uh, and you also get to see you also get to see how the other side lives, yeah. With these, with through the flashbacks, right? So you get yes. to see just how elite the elite really are, right? I mean, there's you, yeah. there's a medical yeah. class. There's a class of people who just do medicine, according to this episode. And Simon was slated to become part of that medical elite. Yeah, and then you well, and then on top of that, you know that that. Just by walking into a police station, it goes against your record, right? Know? And it, that—that's you know how detrimental is that 
to Well, I mean, your... look at what China's doing now. I mean, how like how on point is this? Like where China's keeping track of everything that there's the that the citizenry does and they're they're keeping marks. Right. One baby mandate and all that. Well, well no, it's no, no, not no. even it's, it's, it's not even just that. It's how you interact with others. Yeah, they've yeah. got a they've got like a social ticketing system or something like that. Yeah, I'd be I'd be fucked. You like, would. Let's just, I'm a, I, I'd be, I'm a dick. I would be absolutely screwed. So, yeah, so I think it's interesting to see it now looking back and kind of see what some societies are, are doing now to kind of move towards that. But it also, it also goes to show the lengths to which people will want to keep. And then I, I think this is a truism throughout history, the lengths people will go to and the things they are willing to sacrifice in order to keep their comfort. Yeah. Like the parents knew, like there's no way that the parents didn't know that something was going on with river or well, and he's sitting there going, he's going, look at this, look at this, look at this. Like, this is crazy. And they're like, yeah, we're just not gonna, we're not going to look at it because we're comfortable where we're at. Right. Well, how much was it of that or how much of it was, uh, they really didn't care to, you know, maybe they didn't actually read the the notes. And I never like that. learned to read. Yeah, right. <laughs> my slave is supposed to do it for me. But you, yeah, you I know, I mean, I, how I, much I, of it is 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 uh, absent absent father or absent parent? You don't uh, get that. You don't get that feel when the dad sits down with them when they're younger. Yeah, well, and yes, like, but, but so, then later so on, I don't, I don't. So I think. So he was why? Why wouldn't to, they explain that? I think he was trying to save his social status. Absolutely, one hundred percent. That's what he was trying to do. He wanted to save what he had because you do not, under any circumstances, go against what the alliance wants you to do. I think that was the whole point of that, along with we're not gonna we're not gonna rock the boat because we like where we're at. Where. I mean, isn't that what this whole, that's what the whole show is about, right? Yeah. It's about the struggle against uh, big government, against the alliance, against these people who are, have this heavy hand of uh, interfering in your life and everybody else's life. And it's the struggle against that. But it's also about those who just go with the flow. They don't want to struggle because if you don't struggle, your life is a lot easier. And you, you, you get a feel of some of the elitism that's still in Simon. Um, he hasn't been far removed from his social status. And you get that come across with his interaction with Kaylee in the store when she was going to, you know, she was going to buy him a plate. And then he look, comes in later, looks at that plate and says, I can't, I can't believe they're charging money for this crap. And then he does something that, you know, is inexcusable in Kaylee's eyes and insults the serenity. And I think that <laughs> that knocked, you know, some of the shine off of him uh, for he her. So shiny now. Yeah. I think uh, well, I think that might change their dynamic a little bit. I, I don't know if the no, latter is true, but I will say this. She's going to fall asleep and then wake up the next morning. And I see it as more of again. He's just clueless. Like he gets that Kaylee likes him. Like he understands it on some level. You think so? I don't think yeah, he, but, I don't think he's caught on to that yet. But I don't think he's ever been exp- like I don't think he's ever had that type of relationship with a woman. So he does he he's unsure of I mean he's very awkward around her. I mean he's awkward to begin with. 
the character. I think the actor who plays him is doing a great job. But I think, I think the he's actor socially himself, awkward. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So he's never he's never probably had a girlfriend. He's never probably you know uh, had a love life per se. So he doesn't know how to how to interact with her. He doesn't know how to approach her. He's very uncomfortable around her. And in those situations where it shows that, you know, she, she's very affectionate towards him. And so this is, this is just him being clueless. Yeah. But I don't think he understands that she's got a crush on him. Well, I don't know how you couldn't because Jane was very clear. Yeah. He straight up told her. Yeah, told said or you know him, yeah. she, she wants Simon to be her gynecologist. Okay, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's pretty. I mean I, I don't, don't care think, how much of an idiot you are. I don't think he caught on to that. Honestly. Really? Because he yeah. blushed. Oh yeah, he he absolutely blushed. I think he caught yeah. on to that. Yeah, like immediately. I think he yeah. was. I think he thought Jane was just being crass. I think if he, if Jane wasn't in there, he would have been all going. Blah, 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 blah. Oh my God. I'm sorry. What would he do again? I, can't, I can only do it once. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I we, didn't catch that the first time. Oh, you know what? You can just can take we my play that back, Jason? and put can it you, on a loop, okay? Could, could you play that back? Wait, let's have a moment of silence. There now you can you can take my piece from before and just shove it into that silence. Oh, it's it's okay. gonna be just shove it in. Yeah, just, just shove, shove it, it in. You like you like oh, shoving shove things in. Hey, that- hey, hey, hey. This is the shit-centric episode. We were talking about shoving things into the ball-centric episode earlier. Man. Oh, my God. I can't. I can't. You two, yeah. you two just shut up, all right? I have enough quabble <laughs> with you as it is. I got a quabble for you. So how about that uh, family dinner at the end? That was kind of entertaining. Uh, Are we know, already rolling No, credits? we're not already no, rolling the I'm, I'm just trying to move it along like Jason does, you know. So, yeah, um, you get a you get a good understanding of Simon and River's dynamic as well, because River River is about clueless most of the time. She just wanders off aimlessly, like she's nine or ten years old. I don't think she knows any better. Well, no, she probably doesn't. And that's probably part of the the mental, you know, f- fucked upness that she's got going on. Um, what they did with her brain, but she does that's have moments of lucidity. Term. Yeah, fucked upness. Yeah, fucked upness. Uh, she does have moments of lucidity where she understands exactly what's going on and and you know how this is affecting her and everybody around her. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see how much of that lucidity, how much she starts to, how much her brain starts to heal and how lucid she gets more and more throughout the series. I'm, I'm interested because it's been a long time since I've seen this series and I'm pretty sure I missed one or two of the episodes because of all the scheduling snafus. So, cause I, I looked ahead and some of those episodes I've never even seen. And that's beyond the three that they never even aired. So, um, yeah, so they get kidnapped uh, by some hillbillies who need a doctor. They're, they're kidnapping people to build up their little hillbilly town up in the mountains. Um, and Simon, being the good doctor he is, see, sees people in need and, and starts treating them. So can I, can I ask you a question? Yeah. And I probably missed this in the episode. 
But how did they know he was a doctor? That was one of my questions, too, is how they knew he was a doctor before they kidnapped him. And I think right, that's kind they, of an inconsistency in this episode. Yeah, because they were saying, you know, if there's something on that ship of value, we'll find it and we'll take it. That's what they said when the ship landed at the beginning of the episode is they were skinning a rabbit like out of some scene from Deliverance. Like, I thought I heard banjos <laughs> in the okay. distance. Okay, right. so... So when Mao was talking to Simon, uh, there around uh, around the corral, uh, there was some rustling in the bushes. Okay. I'm thinking that's I, I, them because he always mentions or, or uh, Mao always talks to Simon by saying "doc." Well, or no, you're doctor. right. Right. So I, I I I caught that, but literally 30 seconds later, the law comes around, and there's a firefight. There was a firefight. So is it that, is that what that was? The, the rustling of the bushes wasn't the law getting ready for the ambush. It was these guys figuring out that he's a doctor. Cause if so, that's a, that's terrible storytelling. Yeah. Because I don't think they mentioned that he was a doctor when he was around the corral. Well, he always says doc though. Normally he never calls him by Simon. No, I, you're right. I think he probably said, doctor, take your sister or whatever. But even if he even if he did, that's just weak. That's weak sauce to say, oh, the rustling in the bushes, that's how they knew he was a doctor, and that's why they're kidnapping him. Because they weren't kidnapping, because at first I thought they were going to come after River, right? Right. Because she would be the most valuable thing on the ship, just nobody knows it. So I thought maybe this was how they were going to to show that she's the most valuable thing on the ship. No, they take him. Like, and then they're like, "Okay, doctor, well, how the, how did you know he's a doctor? This is this is just such it, like for a show that really nails pretty much everything else for me. Like this was pretty glaring. Yeah, I agree. Rob, I gave my two cents. <laughs> it was all plausible. It holds up. I got no problems. <laughs> take my home, take wow. My home. All right, go to your happy place. Let the let the adults talk. So then we get uh, a scene where um uh River talks to a girl who hasn't talked in like two years. Um she this this girl watched her parents get murdered in front of her. And that kind of shut her down. She hasn't spoken a word since. And then River comes up with details about the girl that she wouldn't be able to get otherwise uh, unless she talked to the girl. But then she reveals that, no, the girl doesn't talk, um, that I basically read this out of her head. That She's freaks, a witch! That freaks the Bond teacher of the, of the town out. And, yeah, they they start to string her up to burn her like a witch. So this is They didn't check to see if she floated. That's first, right. Though. They didn't check to see if she was made of wood, so she might not have been a witch. Wait, I is know. that is that protocol? It is. Yes. I, of course. I, I, so I just, what you do is you put a person on a scale with a duck because a duck floats and if and they wood the floats, so a duck mm -hmm. must be made of wood. And so if a mm -hmm. duck weighs the same as a person, then that person is a witch. What mm -hmm. the fuck are you two talking about? Oh, my God. Holy you are so fucking shit. film illiterate. Oh, you are. Oh, <laughs> kick his ass out. I Jesus don't even know Christ. What, what are you talking oh. about? Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Uh, bring out your dead. Oh, for fuck's sake. 
Yeah, I don't watch. I don't watch yet. British comedy because it's not really that funny. Oh, banned. Oh. <laughs> okay. So next week uh, we'll, we'll have, have an Rob all new James. Guest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> James couldn't be with us oh, this week because uh, he he doesn't, doesn't watch Monty, Monty Python. Python. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my All god! Right. So that's so basically what you're saying is that because they didn't do something from a British comedy that that that's that they can't why? know that she's a witch, dude. Well, that's that not is how it works. Yes, that you is standard take, witch detecting that protocol. That is not standard witch detecting protocol. In it, look. That's not, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. You can't take from one movie that's dumb and then have it apply to a television show that's not in the same universe as the stupid movie you're pulling from. We didn't take it from a know. movie that was dumb. We took it from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And just because of the title, Holy Grail, it is the holiest of all movies. I don't, that, that's not accurate. None of this uh, accurate. You suck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I do not dispute the facts. <laughs> so <laughs> they string her up and Simon, I mean, this is, this is full on cultist lynch mob at this point. Um, they string her up, they throw the brush underneath her. They get prepared. All they were missing were pitchforks. Yeah. They, they get mm. uh, ready to, to light her on fire. Simon's trying to talk some sense into these people. By calling them backwoods hillbillies, like, basically. Well, did, well, it's not just that he did that. He was also throwing punches. Like, this is the first time you really see oh, Simon yeah. throw down. And he's doing it. I mean, I, I, if, to me, it shows the character's love for his sister and the links that he will go to to try to save her. Yeah, because you don't know exactly what he did in the first place. Well, he's a you surgeon. Just, yeah, you just surgeons know that don't he, get their surgeons don't do anything with their hands, right? Other and than he clocks two dudes and elbows a third. I mean, he, he right? takes out three guys and then takes a shot to the jaw and and doesn't go down. I mean, he's he's serious about trying to save his sister. Yeah, he's very focused on it, and I think that's I I I think we would be remiss if we didn't cover that because that's that's pretty central to his character. I mean. Mal hit him. He went down like a sack of potatoes. Yeah. And he didn't try to try to fight back. So to to him, it's not worth defending himself. I mean, he's pretty much a pacifist in everything that we've seen so far. But you start to mess with his sister, and he'll who's getting these hands? I mean, look at the links that he went to just to get his sister out of alliance control. He he well, we shattered his career. No, we oh, do. Well, we, well, we will. Well, we will. So. I mean, he he totally killed his career. He got arrested at one point. Um, He'd spent all of the money that he was able to gather and then, you know, smuggled her out of a highly secure facility. So he's he's now a fugitive from Alliance from the Alliance law and they're on the run. So, yeah, he's he's totally destroyed his life to, to save his sister. So do yep. you think do you think he's a fugitive on his own or do you think he's a fugitive because of his sister? No, he's a fugitive because of what he did. Well, his yeah, sister's but, a fugitive his sister's a fugitive uh, fugitive, I can't even talk. A fugitive because she is uh, the alliance sees her as property. Right. They see her as an experiment that that belongs to them. So he's a fugitive for breaking the law. Do you think he would do anything or they would do anything about him or do you think they would pretty much? No, they would kill him and take the sister. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, they, yeah. they wouldn't necessarily. No, they don't need him. him. 
Yeah. They're not looking for him. They're uh, using him to get to her. Yeah. The, the only reason that they have any interest in him is to find her. Right. But uh, realizing that he can't talk sense into these people and um, that they're pretty much fucked, he walks right up and stands next to her on the pyre uh, and, and basically prepares to get lit on fire along with her. I mean, he's he's that dedicated to his sister that he was going to join her in death. Yeah. So I don't want to be a dick, and I certainly don't want to put the two of you on the spot. So Let's I'll just it. say this. I have two siblings. Yeah, I'm not standing up there. Good luck. Have fun. You are such <laughs> a out. dick. I'm out. Will, I'm not I'm not that attached. I'll I wouldn't either. I wouldn't yeah. either. Okay. Good. No. You wouldn't? No. Jason, know, no. would you? Yeah. There there are people that I probably would <laughs> nah, do that for. Uh, there it is. <laughs> Oh, you're such a softy. You're such okay. a big wait, 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 wait. Let's see. If your entire Simpsons collection was put onto <laughs> a pile and was going to be lit on fire, <laughs> would you jump on it to save its life? I would trade your ass in to save its life. There oh, there it is. Ow. Like I would do Ow. it for my daughter. I, I well, would, it's because you're you're a parent. You have to. Right. I would required. maybe. I, I would maybe do. I like. I'd have to think about it. For my wife, I <laughs> probably. I would. I'm but sure everybody she's else comforted by it. that. Yeah, she is. She sleeps well at night, knowing <laughs> that I'm next to her. Uh, if yeah. there's a fire in the house, she's on her own. Yeah, <laughs> every man for himself. That's right. I'll grab. I'll, I'll grab the kid on out the door. I go. Then I'll Z- call her. Zon- I'll call her and try to wake her up. Hey, there's a fire. I'm at the safe spot. I'm, I'm, I'm at right. a read up spot. I'm over Hurry at the neighbor's up. house. They're asking yeah. where you're at, and I forgot. Yeah. Wake up, get out. I swear, he might I grab the cat on the way out. I away. <laughs> right? I, yeah, I might just kick her out of bed on the way out. Be like, get up, let's go. So, so at the zombie apocalypse, you're one of those ones that would like push her down just so you could get away, <laughs> right? <laughs> when those pigs come after you, you're, I don't have to run yeah, faster than them. Come, I just have to yeah, run faster they, than you. <laughs> Yes. That's right. Yeah. No, that's that's probably fair. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. I'd probably do that. I'm a dick, though. So what do you want? Oh, jeez. You wouldn't. You guys wouldn't. You'd be like, you'd try to, you'd, you'd stand up there with your sister and be like, yes, kill us both. No. no I, I mean, that not. just doesn't make sense because I'd be like, look, I can, you know, try to take the alliance down and you're just going to be barbecue. So I'm out. Like, I do more. I, I, I'm better I, I, equipped alive. To, to fight the good fight than I am as a martyr. Do you think nobody cares if I'm dead? No, knowing what happens in the future. Yeah. Do you think it would have ever gotten that far with River, or do you think she would have snapped or snapped out of it, or what? Oh have yeah, you no, and no, done she would. Yeah, for herself, she knew. Like she even says, like there, he's holding on to her, and he's like, "This is it." You know, I love you, or whatever it is he says, and then she's like, "Time to go." Time to go. Here comes. So she, yeah, she knew that they were never in any danger. Yeah. So, you know, I think that goes to a couple different things that, yeah, she's, she's uh, like, I know there's an episode coming up where she does something. And again, spoilers. So I don't want to, I don't want to give it away. And everybody is just at that point, the game changes because they realize how dangerous she is. Mm Mm-hmm. 
But for right now, she's just the crazy lady that knows when it's time to go. Yeah. So, and, uh, uh, yeah. so yeah, for now, it's, yeah, it's all good. Nothing but, yeah, so it was, oh, go ahead, Rob. Oh, I was, well, I was going to say moving, uh, moving to a different character, though, because uh, we were talking about the story and stuff. Uh, you know, they they moved River and and Simon forward, and I think they did a good job with Book on having that mystery. What is this? He yeah, gets five star treatment. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, now, I was gonna come that, back yeah. to Shepard because we do get a yeah. little bit of uh, insight into some of uh, Book's character. Well, uh, but not let's, really. Yeah, we do. Uh, so we get, we, we, get, we get, he's, he's got some play. He's got well, some pull, but let's, we, that's let's, all Let's we go know. ahead and talk about it since we've already bro- broached the subject and we'll come yeah. back to the end of the, of the episode. Um, so yeah, so book gets shot during the exchange between, um, uh, the, the buyers of the cattle and the lawmen that come to, to arrest them for murder. Um, not able to get Simon back on the ship. He's he's pretty critically wounded. He's not, you know. It sounded like he was had a collapsed lung in there. Well, and, and I heard I, that you kind of heard a wheezing. Yeah, that may have been, but I mean, it wasn't instantly fatal. But he needed serious medical attention very quickly. So uh, the closest planet was too far away the the only option that they really had was to go to the alliance cruiser which was only a couple hours away so they head to the alliance cruiser um space city they dock with the space city and uh basically the captain of the cruiser says we're not an emergency medical facility you can fuck right the hell off and then shepherd you know almost passed out at this point says my id card is in my pocket they check his ID and no questions asked once they figure out who he is, load him up on the Alliance cruiser and give him top tier medical treatment. I mean, there wasn't a, it was just immediate. So he's got some clout with the Alliance and that just deepens the mystery of his character. And Mal at the end says, you know, are you going to tell me who you are and what your background is? And he goes, yeah, I'd like to, but it's not going to happen today. Yeah. Season two. Season two, right. Season two. Yeah, they don't even cover it. Like, spoiler, they don't cover it in the movie either. No, they don't. It was in the comic book series that we discussed a a few episodes ago. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense. And I kind of really want to read those comic books now. Yeah, I think I might pick them up sometime uh, in the near future just so that I understand where they're going i've I've read the general synopsis of of what they cover but i haven't read the actual books and i'm not sure i like what they did with shep's storyline but i'll read the comics i'll reserve judgment until i actually read the comics and see right but getting back to the end uh the serenity uh, comes up over the hills, um, hovers above the the lynch mob and the and the funeral pyre, or not funeral pyre, but the the witch burning stake. And uh, Jane is at the open cargo hold at the bottom of the ship, pointing his big ass shotgun. And I wanted I wanted so bad <laughs> for one of them to say, "Jane is your god now." Yeah. <laughs> that would have been absolutely fabulous. Uh, but yeah, Mal and Zoe come up uh, from behind the mob. They they rescue Simon and River, 
and then uh, everybody speeds off in the serenity. So um, at the end, they have a big steak dinner, um, and uh, yeah, that's the that's the end of the scene. So uh, we've we've definitely moved the ball forward quite a bit. I think uh, I think uh, they've they've definitely moved the story forward enough to give enough intrigue to catch um, to catch some interest, so that you're wanting more. But you you understand a lot more about the characters involved. Yeah, and and they left a they left enough there with the with the river side of okay, she's got some stuff. What exactly happened? You know, we we know she was taken. We know we got her back, and she's not what she used to be. Are we going to find out what happens? And I, and I think that that it you know hook line and sinker you know for the audience. Yeah, maybe depending on when this was. Uh, aired. Yeah. I think these two episodes have really, really moved the story forward. I think they've, they've done an excellent job of really picking up the, the interest. And, and if they were aired where they were supposed to, it's, it's the right time, you know, we're, we're what four and five. So, uh, you know, it's midway, let's push it a little bit further. Um, we've had enough filler. Well, I think it also, I mean, it really fleshes out Mal. Just think about this. So just think about, so he loses his faith at the valley, the Serenity Valley, right? He was waiting for all of these, these, these ships to come and, and, and basically rescue them, right? They were going to rain down hellfire on the enemy and they were going to win the day. And so they were just holding until that, right? Now Mal, the guy who has lost his faith because that never happened, He's the guy coming in at the very end, sweeping down from the sky, saving the day. So the guy who has lost his faith is now the instrument, it could be said, of God or fate or destiny, whatever you want to call it, that is moving River and Simon and the rest of the crew to its final destination which we all know what it is we just can't say because spoilers yeah and i think the abandonment at serenity valley also kind of shaped his character in that he is not going to leave his crew behind like he got left behind um by the brown coats yeah no i i I completely agree he's he's i'm not leaving i mean that's how the episode ends right yeah because he's like why did you come back for us you hate me like you would be better off without me. Why did you come back? And he's like, "You're part of my crew, right?" And he's like, well, "That doesn't answer my question. Why? Like, why? Like you, you'd rather hit me than look at me. Why did you come back?" And he's like, "I just said you're part of my crew. I don't know why we're still talking about right. this. I'm walking away. Dinner's at ten. Yeah, and that's exactly his point. He, you are part of my crew. I have a responsibility toward you. I'm not shirking that responsibility." Yeah, he is. He wants to be the antithesis in every conceivable way to what the alliance is. He wants, and even to what what the rebels were. You know, oh, we're going to have all this hope. Well, Mal's a realist, right? You're on, you're on our team, uh, but we're going to leave you hanging. I'm not, you're on my team. I'm not leaving you hanging. Yeah. Now so. the question is: Was Mal a realist before or after, or before the Battle of Serenity Valley, or was 
did he become no. the realist that he is I now after. after? Yeah, no, he I was think it, after. Yeah, that was shaped by Serenity Valley and being left and not being like the promises made to him by the higher ups never coming to fruition. Yeah. You know, we're not going to leave you. We're we're going to come save you. You you hold this valley for X amount of time and the, and we're we're going to send in the reinforcements and it's you know, we'll hold you just hold this hill and we'll We'll, we'll take care of you. Yeah. And I mean, I, this may have been even taken from Vietnam. I mean, how many times did our, our boys in Vietnam hear that? Hold this hill. Well, we'll take uh, care right. of you. And then it's, you know, you hold the hill and, well, yeah. yeah. Just probably just yeah. surrender because we're not coming. Well, they had that whole uh, movie about it with Mel Gibson, you know. That was such a good movie. We were soldiers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who's got awards? Uh, I got awards. You, Who you know, doesn't have awards? Unfortunately, I have zero awards from Safe. Do you really? Really? I just I couldn't get anything from Safe. Maybe we'll see. Well, who's got your black lung then? (laughs) Jane, opening sequence of Shindig. He's sucking on a stogie, man. Okay, James. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like how was I not? How is that not going to be my black? I mean, that's like bam right in the face. Right? So that's yours too. Yeah. Yep. Welcome to Jane Stogies. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, my black lung is going to go to Simon and River for almost getting torched. Oh. I almost gave it to Shep. No, because he got sh- <laughs> yeah, because he got shot because he lung, got smoked. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he got smoked. So yeah. Um, my head lush is going to go to Jane for drinking methanol lace tea. (laughs) And he really enjoyed that too. He's like, this isn't bad. Yeah. Well, this is is good. The secret's wood alcohol. You drinking yours? Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy that (laughs) blindness. Yeah. And mine went to the same, uh, Jane for his wood alcohol tea. All right. Jane. I was, you know, I was trying to figure out what that big pot of whatever Jane had in the bar was, you know, was that a soup or was that just a weird ass cup? (laughs) I don't know. You know, (laughs) I, you know, I don't want to know what goes on in your head while you're watching TV. I really don't. It was egg drop soup, but what is that? It's in there? chicken broth. It was. Like, I a, feel uh, like you missed most of the episode because you're stuck on what was in a freaking cup. Shut up, uh, James. Who's got your head lush? Uh, Shep gets mine for because he had to have some really good drugs once he got shot. Okay, like they put him out. Yeah, they did. Yeah, so he gets my head lush. Of course, I think I might be out after getting shot without drugs, but it depends on where I get shot. Well, speaking of getting shots, or I mean shot, uh, who's got your player award? Oh, that's Mal. Mal gets my player award. Like, who calls a woman a whore and still has a shot to sleep with her? (laughs) Mal. Okay. Mal. The answer is Mal. (laughs) Rob? How about you? No, no, you go, Jason. Well, Mal's got my player award, (sighs) too. Um, So... He's got my player award for defending Inara's honor, even though she really didn't want or need him to. But, um, you know, he's he's definitely trying to show his affection toward her. So he's got my He's player. not even trying to get laid. Yeah, yeah. Like, like if he was, like, defending her honor because, you know, he might get a little something, something a little later, like, I'd be like, all right, yeah, cool, I get that. He's just like, now nah, only I can call her a whore. Yeah, 
Yeah. Like that's his reasoning. It's like, I don't want to get laid. I just, I just want to be able to be the only one to call her a whore. And she still would sleep with him. Which kind of, kind of, I mean, is kind of, kind of shitty because, you know, nobody else can call her a whore, but me, that's kind of like, I own you type attitude. Yeah. Who's got yours, Rob? Uh, well, so I had two, um, the first one was obvious, Wash and Zoe, because they got it on like Donkey Kong uh, at some point in time. I mean, it was hot, sweaty. Uh, yeah, like she was sleep. out of breath for a while. Yeah. So way to go, Wash. Hot, yeah, yeah, hot, sweaty. I want to go to – I'm done. Let me take a nap She's got now, some long you know? legs too. Mm. Yeah, she does. Mm. Um, yeah. But, but my first player award mm. – uh, Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, went to Inara because of spacematch.com. Spacematch.com. <laughs> yes. It's like sp- space Tinder. Uh, that's funny. I mean, she, did she swipe or she swiped right and left? Did she like take the pictures I, down? I don't I don't remember, I don't remember but which yeah. way she swiped, but yeah. But she had a whole <laughs> list of them and she was choosing her match. Space Tinder. Oh, that's funny. Yes. That's yeah. funny. Consortsonly.com. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, as long as it's not farmers only or hillbillies only. Well, no, that's how they found Simon was hillbillies only. Oh, that's a com- yeah. <laughs> yeah. His that, profile how, there. You've got I'm a some doctor. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a doctor. That's how they found him. All right, Rob, who's got your purple hippo? Uh, so I really didn't have one, but I, I, I kind of thought purple hippo would probably have been Shep, um, when he, you know, got the drugs. I was kind of thinking, you know, he must be feeling pretty good. Um, it was either that or going with river. And when she was going to town on the improperly labeled cans, I, you know, yeah, river gets mine. Yeah. yeah, she didn't. She didn't know. It was like, oh nope, this is the wrong flavor. I get. She was reading. Oh shit! I just figured it out. She can read minds, and she can read the insides of the cans, and they were wrong to begin with. Oh my god! You know how this works, right? You're supposed to pick one person, and I can't. I can't. With I, I just can't. You're really supposed just, to do this before the show so that we can talk about it. You're not supposed to try and figure it out during the show. Hey, you know, last time you guys got upset because I didn't think my thought process out on the whole Angela Bassett thing out loud. Okay. <laughs> it was Kim Basinger, not I know. Angela Bassett. I know. I know that. Oh, and shit. you got mad when I told you what went through my head. And you're like, why didn't you say that and record that? So I'm letting you know what's going on in my head. All That's right. a scary, scary place. James, who's got yes. your purple hippo? Yeah, River. River. Okay. Yeah. For her freaking out on the canned goods. Sure. <laughs> I was going to say because she's because of all the ESPN that was going on. Ah, okay. So yeah, the ESPN. Yeah. Um. So Shep actually gets my purple hippo award because that guy. I, I don't know if it was the drugs or just the blood loss or being shot or whatever, but. He was so out of it that he did not even remember giving the Alliance officers his ID or, you know, what he was telling. He didn't remember any of that when he was talking to Mal. And, um, you know, that deepened his mysterious past. So he's he's getting my purple hippo for this one. 
Well, fine. Think it out ahead of time. Why don't you? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. what you're supposed to do. That's how this works. You know, I like spontaneity, okay? It makes for good TV. For the love uh, of all that is holy and decent in this freaking. So next week, we'll have two new people with me. Sweet. <laughs> awesome. Any final thoughts, guys? Uh, nope, no quabbles here. Oh, shut up. God, I hate you. Yeah, no quabbles uh, here either. Oh, God, I hate you both. Sweet. You both suck. We're both quabbleless. Yes. <laughs> oh, our intro and outro music is Welcome Home by Cambo. Our pod crawl music is Snack Mix by Machette. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. You can leave us feedback on our Discord channel at eargluemedia.com forward slash Discord. On Twitter at status underscore podcast, or you can email us at smokinganddrinkinginspace at outlook.com. Be sure to check out all the excellent podcasts at eargluemedia.com and blah, 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 poorly thought out, sometimes questionable opinions, blah, 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 disclaimer, you know the drill. I'm Jason. Wow. Uh, I am a widow on spacematch.com. <laughs> I just want a sash of ears. <laughs> you do. Uh, and we'll talk to you next week. Blah, 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 blah.